What is going on, everyone? Hope everybody had a great weekend. I know I did. March Madness every single day. Games going on today, too. It's been crazy. It's been awesome. A lot of upsets. Bracket is completely busted. But hey, it's just been a fun watch, and I'm glad uh, glad we got the tournament back. A lot to get into today. Uh, we're going to be talking about what's going on in Houston with Deshaun Watson now. Some legal trouble, maybe it looks like. We're going to be talking about wide receivers today. Some moves in free agency, which, hey, free agency is still going on. So some moves that I think I really like. Uh, we're also going to be talking a little Sam Darnold and the NFL. It's official. Uh, we will have 17 games next year. Uh, wild ride. Pretty excited about that. So we're going to get into that and a lot more. But before we do, guys, go ahead and hit that subscribe button for me. Give me a follow. And if you're listening on Apple iTunes, go ahead and leave me a review. You know, uh, five stars if you like the show. If you don't like the show, if you don't like the show, then uh, maybe just four stars. You know, I don't, I don't uh, star discriminate here. But uh, I appreciate that, guys. Let's get in it. Okay, so let's just start with Deshaun Watson. Um, as of this morning, oh, I guess a couple hour, hours ago when I looked at it, he now is up to 12 different women who are filing civil lawsuits against him for sexual assault. Now, the lawyer that is representing all these women says that they has he has more to come. And it just seems like every day he's saying there's more to come, more to come, more to come. Uh, the first one, I guess this broke uh, mid, mid, mid last week. I'm not too sure what's going on in Houston. Houston just got a lot weirder. Houston was weird before this. Now this is a lot weirder. I, I don't really have much information other than that. Uh, when I was reading through it, it looked like a lot of them were massage therapists and they went into detail of the sexual assault. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it's not true. Some things seem a little fishy about it, but at the at the end of the day, I don't know much. I don't think really anybody else knows much right now. They're just getting through. I thought I saw today that they there's been no um, criminal charges filed against him. Nobody, n- none of none of the women have gone to the police and wanted to file any criminal charges. But I did see some today that their lawyer said that they were going to bring something to a grand jury for evidence uh, so they can get something filed against Deshaun. Uh, as I was looking before I started recording this, there was nothing yet, and it's yet to be seen. But This does affect Deshaun Watson's trade value. As a team in the NFL, when you have this hanging over your head, which looks like it could be up to 20 different women um, claiming sexual assault. Now, obviously, Deshaun came out and said that it's not true and that these allegations are false. But who knows at this point? I mean, everything that we've seen from Deshaun Watson since he was in high school has been grade A character. I mean, coming out of the draft... He was probably the quarterback, maybe the player with the best character. Um, and everything we've seen in Houston so far has been that way too. But this is definitely going to affect his trade value. Can he even be traded right now? I, I don't know if you can if you can trade for somebody who could be in jail in a year with all that caps with all that cap that's going to hit you. So this now le- leaves a big hole. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, if if I'm Deshaun Watson, though, I try to get out in front of this as fast as I can. I would want to I would want to personally sit down with Schefter or Raptorport or somebody and just 
get your face, get your words out there. I think the faster he gets behind this, the better. I, I don't know if he's innocent or guilty, but in this country, you're innocent until proven guilty. But, you know, I'm no lawyer or anything, you know, didn't go to law school. And his representative is Rusty Harden, who's been a, I mean, he's been dealing with athletes for decades now. I mean, he had Scottie Pippen, Steve Francis, he did Wade Boggs. So he's he's been a lawyer for a lot of star athletes, so he knows how to handle it. I'm not trying to tell this guy how to do his job, but for me... I think I would want, you know, to show the world I am innocent. Because now you're going to have over 20 different women claiming sexual assault on you. You're 26 years old. You have a lot ahead of you in the league and in life. But back to his trade value, there was, I think it was Aaron Aaron Wilson, I believe, from the Houston Chronicle. He wrote something today that says that there are still teams interested. The Niners are still interested. Miami, the Jets... Broncos, Panthers, and Eagles are all still very interested in Deshaun Watson. Now, I'm sure each team is going to do their own investigation. The NFL is now doing an investigation. This is going to be a whole thing. It's going to be big. I mean, when Zeke had his uh, thing back in 2017, he came to be innocent, you know, for his uh, sexual assault, or it was uh, he hit his girlfriend or whatever that was, something like that. He, he he came out and there was no charges pressed against them, but the NFL still suspended him for six games. He still he still got suspended. Tom Brady still got suspended. Tom Brady got suspended four games. Tyreek Hill just because you know Deshaun is innocent. If he is innocent in the court of law of the United States of America, doesn't mean the league will not use any type of punishment against him. He could definitely still be suspended two games, four games, eight games a season. I don't know. They would have to see if he broke any conduct codes, what was really going on. But right now, Houston just got a lot weirder. And no one said anything for a while now. I don't really see the Niners or really any of those teams pursuing him at this moment, unless something comes out. But it's a little weird. Um, these, these Some of these accusations are a little weird. They, uh, some of them are like the exact same thing. Now, I'm not saying that, that that means that they're lying or they're wrong. It's just a little, it caught my eye and it's just a little fishy. Some of them, when I was reading through them, and no one's seen the first one yet. Deshaun came out and he said something, I, you know, I didn't see the first. I have not seen the first one. No one's seen the first one. That doesn't mean, you know, much of anything, really. But the lawyer for these women has already reached out to Deshaun about a settlement. It was a six-figure um, settlement and Deshaun declined, put it on his Twitter. I'm going to clear my name. I'm not, I'm not paying anybody anything. And if you're innocent, I think that's what you do. If you're guilty, you try to make it go away. I'm not saying Deshaun's innocent, but I'm not saying he's guilty. I'm just saying that this now turns the NFL off season upside down. We thought Deshaun was going to be traded before the draft. Well, I mean, I at least thought he should be traded before the draft. Now he could very well end up on Houston for a whole nother year and not even play this year. Because if no one trades for him, Deshaun's not going to play. He still doesn't want to play for the Texans. So he's just not going to play. He's going to sit out a year. And he's probably going to be working uh, in California or Florida, wherever, instead of you know being with the Tex- at the Texans facility, going to their games. And then next offseason, maybe, beginning, maybe middle of the year ne- this year, he'll be traded. But it looks like maybe Deshaun might be with the Texans for another year. 
and he's going to try to clear his name, and we're going to see what happens with it. I don't have any more than that. I don't think anybody does. There's nothing else other than these these claims that these he was sexually assaulting these women. Uh, most of them do look like they're massage therapists. Uh, some of them are a little graphic. If you look it up, some of them are a little graphic. So I, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't think Deshaun's going to be traded now. Not before the draft. Maybe after the draft, maybe they get some things cleared up. But I mean, for Deshaun's career now, for his for this season at least, I mean, it's not like, especially with COVID, it's not like this is just going to go straight to the courts like that. Get solved, bada boom, bada bing, you're back on the field. This seems like it's going to take a while. So if I'm Deshaun, I want to get out in front of this. I want to come out and do an interview with somebody. Schefter, you know, Michelle Tafoya, whoever. It's just a little weird now in Houston. A little weirder than it was, and it was already weird. I wish Deshaun all the best. We'll see what happens in the future. But I do not believe Deshaun Watson will now be traded from the Houston Texans. Okay, so something that I've been a little shocked about so far this free agency is Sam Darnold and the New York Jets. Now, the Jets, they hired Robert Sala to be their new head coach and got rid of the dumpster fire that was Adam Gase. They still have the same general manager in Joe Douglas, who I think is a very, very smart, very savvy, knows what he's doing general manager. I mean, he's the players that he's picked, the moves that he's made, I think they've really worked out for them. But Adam Gase was terrible. So they bring in Adam's, uh, Robert Sala, and he brings along with him from Shanahan's staff, Matt LaFleur's um, little brother, Mike LaFleur. So now LaFleur is going to be their OC. They're going to run the exact same style offense that Shanahan runs because this is where they all come from. They all run the same offense. McVay pretty much runs the same offense. McVay, Shanahan, Matt, uh, LaFleur, now the other LaFleur. They all run the same thing because they're all from the same coaching tree. It all goes down to Mike Shanahan, and then it just passed down from there. They were all together in uh, in Washington when Shanahan was coaching there, and um, LaFleur's were there. Everybody was there. So they're going to run the exact same style of offense. And you're looking at it, well, the Jets have the second overall pick. You know, they're definitely going to draft a quarterback, right? They're going to draft a quarterback. They have to draft a quarterback. Well, then why not move Sam Darnold? Sam Darnold has to have a market. There's no way that Sam Darnold doesn't have a market. Why wouldn't Washington have reached out? I mean, I like I like Fitzpatrick going to Washington, but why wouldn't have Washington reached out? You're telling me they didn't reach out? You're telling me Chicago didn't reach out? And Chicago decided to pay $10 million for Andy Dalton and not even see what they can get for for Sam Darnold? No. I think teams have reached out. I just don't think we've heard anything about it. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is no market for Sam Darnold. But how can there not? I I just don't see how there's not a market for Sam Darnold. You can look at it and be like, yeah, well, he hasn't done shit at all since he's entered the league. Well, his coach has been Adam Gase, and he's on the Jets, and they were terrible. He was terrible. Gase was awful. Their defense was terrible. They they signed Le'Veon Bell to a ridiculous contract, and he looked like he could not run to save his life. You might as well just put me back there, and I probably could have averaged more rushing yards a game than Le'Veon Bell did. But Sam Darnold's 23. He's very athletic. He's coachable. I, I like Sam Darnold. I, li- I liked him coming out. I still like him now. And I think he fits perfectly in this Shanahan offense. He does. 
He's an athletic quarterback that can move and get out of the pocket. It's a run-based scheme anyway, so you're not like you're asking him to throw 50 times a game. Well, he's a smart guy. You know, at the line, he's smart. That's Everyone says, you know, at the line, he knows what he's doing. I think the Niners, uh, not the 49ers, the Jets, I think Joe Douglas and Sala, I think they're just being really patient right now. They're being really patient. They're trying to evaluate these quarterbacks in the draft and say, hey, look, is Zach Wilson, is Justin Fields, is Trey Lance, are these guys better than Sam Darnold? Because, I mean, I don't know. We don't, we don't know because we've never seen him play in the NFL. Sam Darnold has lots of starts in the NFL. So you know for sure what he gives you, and he can probably give you more because he's 23. He's very coachable. He's very athletic. So I just think they're being really patient. Very, very patient with Sam Darnold. I think they're going to buy their time, evaluate these quarterbacks coming out in the draft, and see if they're going to go with one. I think this is going to be a draft day trade because Sam Sam's not a free agent. He's still on his rookie deal. And his cap hit is not a lot this year, but then you will have to pick whoever trades for him has to pick up this fifth year option. Because how a rookie deal works when you're a first round draft pick is you get four years, fifth year picked up by the team. So the team can choose to pick it up or not, but you have to choose that in the fourth year. So any team that trades for Sam Darnold would have to pick up his fifth year option. And then that fifth year is the biggest year. That's, I think he's cap i think he's owned 19 20 million dollars but it's only 30 million dollars for two years for sam darnold for anybody that wants him even if the jets want to keep him i think they're just being really patient i think they're biding their time joe douglas knows what he's doing i think robert sala has a chance to be a really good coach i don't know if he will but i think he has a chance and i think they're looking over as hey are we gonna get the zach wilson who's i don't know 100 pounds soaking wet justin fields who looks very inconsistent but can play or are we going to keep Sam Darnold? I think if it's a trade now, it's a draft day trade. I think they're waiting to see what happens with all this madness. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, where these other free agent quarterbacks are going to go. And what it's going to look like to kind of get a more of a sense of who's going to go where in the draft. I think this is smart by the Jets. I think they're playing it smart. I don't, I, I don't think there's not a market for Sam Darnold. There's a, there's a quarterback market in this league. Doesn't really matter who you are. Mike Glennon got paid $19 million from the Chicago Bears. Guaranteed a couple years ago. Mike Glennon. Now I know Sam Darnold doesn't look like he's done much, but he's 23 years old. He can play. He's got an arm. He's durable. He's big. Looks like a linebacker like Josh Allen. I think there's a market for Darnold. And I think the Jets are sitting on it and waiting. Now I could be wrong. There could be no market for Sam Darnold at all. Nobody could want him. Everybody could just think that he's garbage. But I don't think so. Because most general managers in this league, when they look at a quarterback coming out in college and they say, you know what? I like that guy. I would draft that guy, but I can't draft him because he's going to go top five and we don't have pick until 17. But those GMs usually stick with what they like and what they don't like. Even if they see him play in the NFL and it might not be as good as they thought it would be in their heads, in our heads, guys, I'm talking to you guys. We always think that we can make it better. That's it's just how, this is how guys work, and it's how general managers work. They look at something and they say, you know what? I can make that better. I'm watching somebody build something. I'm watching whatever it is, and I'm like, you know what? I can probably do that better than what he's doing right now. It's an ego thing for us. It just is. And most general managers are the same way. They're going to look at a quarterback or a defensive tackle 
or a safety coming out in the league that they really were high on, and now they're available, and they go, you know what? He was not successful there, but I will make him successful here because I'm good, and I know he's good, and it will work under me, but it's not going to work under anybody else. That's the egos of men. So don't tell me there's not a market for Sam Darnold. I don't believe that. I will not buy into that one second. Now, I thought San Francisco was a great landing spot for him. I also thought Chicago was a good landing spot for him. But it doesn't look like San Francisco is going to pull the trigger on it. I think they're just going to roll with Jimmy G because I don't think they're going to go out for Deshaun Watson. I do think they're going to trade up in the draft, though, if they have the opportunity to do so. So I think they're looking at it because now they're paying their guy so much money. We just we talked about Trent Williams. We talked about Juice. They got to pay all these guys coming up here the next couple of years. So they got to go really cheap, really cheap. And Sam Darnold is cheap, but you could be cheaper with a rookie on a rookie deal. You can be cheap for four years. You pay almost nothing. The highest you pay him is the third year. I think it's $10 million. That's nothing. I mean, you pay him the you know, the guaranteed money right up front, which I think is $30 million, but that, that goes in an escrow account and then it gets fluctuated over two years. So it's not like you're giving him $30 million right then and there. So Sam Darnold, I think he has a chance to be on the Jets. I think Sam Darnold has a chance to be the starting quarterback for the New York Jets. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think there is a chance because I think they would have traded him by now if they were really in love with Zach Wilson. If they were really in love with Justin Field, I think they would have traded him. They have the number two pick. You can't get better than number two unless you're number one. And we already know who's going number one. They can get a lot. You know, what if they decide they want to keep Sam Darnold and then they want to trade away that number two pick? They could get a boatload. What if the Niners are like, you know what? We're going to jump into that. Here's our first round pick. We'll swap you 12. They'll take two. You take 12, Jets. And then the Niners give them a first rounder next year, maybe their second or third rounder this year, and probably another first rounder after that. So you're probably getting about maybe three first rounders and a third rounder. You're swapping picks this year. So really you're only getting two, three additional picks, two firsts and a third. And you swap picks, and as the Jets, they'll fall back to 12. I don't think that's insane. And I don't even think it can happen. I think there's more teams other than the Niners. What if Carolina wants to leapfrog some of these teams? Because they're in love with Zach Wilson. You know what? Zach Wilson's our guy. The Jets are offering a trade. Let's go up. We'll go up to two. Then then the scenario plays out, you know, with Carolina. I don't think it's inconceivable to think that Sam Darnold can be the starting quarterback for the Jets in the 2021-2022 season. They just went out and added him some weapons. They, they just added to the defense. Their offensive line doesn't look terrible. They can come. They can go back a couple spots with Carolina. Carolina moves up. They take their quarterback that they want. And then one of the tackles falls to the Jets at five or six. So now you drafted Becton last year, and you'll draft a tackle this year. Maybe Penne Sewell. Who knows? Maybe he'll fall. I don't think he'll get past Cincinnati. He shouldn't get past Cincinnati. There's no way in hell Cincinnati should not take Penny Sewell, but that's a conversation for a different time. But they can fall back and get one of these tackles. Now you're looking at it like, well, we have pretty much two rookie tackles that are pretty good. I mean, Becton we know is pretty good. They have an interior lineman now at right guard who's a stud. They added a wide receiver. They've added some defensive help. They have draft picks from the Jamal Adams trade. The Jets, and then then you'll have additional picks from the trade that you just made. So the Jets could be looking good. Sam Darnold could be looking good. Sam Darnold can look around and say, well, I don't have crazy eye Adam Gase 
calling these bullshit plays for me anymore. And I actually have some weapons around me. I have a stable coach. I have I have a GM that still obviously believes in me. He's the one that drafted me. He didn't trade me away. Why don't why don't I stay here? Let's do it. If I'm Sam Darnold, I'd be ecstatic about that. You know, I'm I know his career hasn't been good in in New York, but I mean, come on. Look what he was playing with. Look who he was playing for. I think Sam Darnold has a lot of potential in this league. And at 23 years old, how do you not just, you know what, I'm just going to hitch my wagon to this guy and see what happens. Because quarterbacks are a dime a dozen. There are, they say, top five, the, the top five quarterbacks in this draft. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, and the kid from Bama. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't even remember his name right now. You want to know why? Because he's not very good. I think he's okay. Probably three out of the five are going to be busts. Trevor Lawrence, to me, is a lock. He won't be a bust. I think the hype on him is a little too much. The hype on him is a little crazy. He's not John Elway. He's not Andrew Luck. I mean, I think he, I think he could be just as good as Andrew Luck. But is he going to come in and take Jacksonville? Is he going to take Jacksonville to the playoffs and go 11-5? Because that's what Andrew Luck did his rookie year. Andrew Luck went 11-5, and 11-5, and 11-5, and, and went to an AFC Championship game his third season. Is Trevor Lawrence going to do that? I don't know about that. I mean, it is Jacksonville. Indianapolis does have more of stability. But, I mean, they had the first pick in the draft. <laughs> the year they, they took luck. Suck for luck. But I think Lawrence is a lock. Zach Wilson, he's hit or miss. I think he's the, other than Lawrence, I think he's the most pro-ready. Justin Fields, name me one Ohio State quarterback that's ever been remotely decent in the NFL. I'll wait. Trey Lance, that guy is Josh Allen. That's what he looks like. He's huge. He's got a rocket for an arm, and he's a hell of a runner. But is he going to work? He's a project. Anybody that drafts him has to know he's a project. So if the Jets are like, you know what, we love Trey Lance, well, you're not winning for three years. You're gonna be, you're not going to be very good. Maybe he's good enough to compete, kind of like Josh Allen. But, I mean, you're going to have to, you're gonna have to build a team around him. You're going to have to build a defense. And Robert Sala, he's a defensive guy. So I imagine his first thing is, let's get this defense built up. What's the best way to do that, Salah? Oh, yeah. Draft them. Not take a quarterback number two. Trade back and get a tackle or a good defensive lineman. Add more picks so Joe Douglas can hit on these picks because he just does. And then all of a sudden, boom. You're not a very good team, but everyone's looking at you like Washington. But their defense is really good. Yeah, the Jets suck, but man, Sam Darnold's kind of coming along. Their defense is keeping people out. They won seven games last year. Better and better and better and better. Hit on draft pick after draft pick. Try to make some splashes in free agency here and there. I think that can work. I think I think in four years, less than that, I think in two to three years, if they go with that route, keep Sam, get a bunch of draft picks, I think they'll be a viable team in the league. I don't think they will be the laughing stock. They'll be the Jets. I think they have, they'll have a chance to win eight, nine, ten games. Now, that's if Sam can actually play. But from how I see it, the guy's a little bit of a baller. He's got some swagger without saying anything. You know, he just looks like he has confidence. But he has nobody around him. He's nobody. He has shit. Absolute shit. I bet he would rather have actual shit than what he's at in New York. I would. I'd rather my coach be Mr. Hankey from South Park, the Christmas poo, than, than what Adam Gase was. So, hey, I, I just think the Jets are playing it smart. I think they're being patient. They're just looking back, seeing what these quarterbacks can really give them, and if they can give them more than what Sam Darnold can give them. 
and not in the aspect of him as a quarterback as a whole, but in the aspect of the t- the whole team picture, draft picks. Hey, we if we trade back, we can get these picks. Maybe players. Maybe this. Maybe that. Joe Douglas is a smart guy. Robert Sala seems like he's just a very smart guy. I've seen interviews with the guy. He just seems rock solid. I don't know if he's going to be a great head coach, but if you have a great general manager, and if you have a really good play caller, which I think LaFleur is going to be a really good play caller, you'll have a chance if your quarterback can play. You don't have to be a great coach. I think he's going to turn that defense around. If that defense is not turned around in two seasons, then he's a bust and he needs to go because defense is his thing. I think the Jets are just sitting. I think the Jets are waiting. And I'm actually applauding the Jets right now because they're not trying to gun-ho and just get everything going and get Sam out of here. We need this guy. You know, the Jets media says we have to take Zach Wilson. How can the Jets not take Zach Wilson? Some guy's sitting up there eating a sandwich writing for the New York Times. You have to take him. Getting the city all riled up. New York's a madhouse. They'll slaughter you. Robert Sala doesn't care. He's sitting back. He's not listening to anything. Joe Douglas, not listening to anything. Sam Darnold, he's just up in his penthouse loft, just waiting. I'm sure they. I'm sure he's communicating. I'm sure he's still doing team workouts. Just wait. Just be patient. Sometimes you just got to be patient. It's a virtue. Patience is a virtue. And virtues never hurt you. So just be patient, New York. New York fans, just, just wait and see. Just wait and see what this new regime can bring you. What maybe Sam Darnold can bring you. And you don't have to go out and get that splashy new quarterback. Maybe you're good right where you are. Maybe you are okay. I'm excited to see what happens. Because if there is a trade, I think it's going to be a draft day trade. And those are always the best. Okay, let's get into a couple moves that, that's happened uh, the last week, week and a half, that I just really love. Just some individual players that have gone to some teams I think they're really going to thrive in. Let's start with Bud Dupree. He's now in Tennessee. I love this move. Tennessee's pass rush, terrible. There, it was terrible last year. Their defense wasn't great. But Bud Dupree, he's an ass kicker, man. There's not there's not very many true ass kickers in this league. Bud Dupree is an old school style player, man. And he's just he's a great teammate. And he gives you 100% on every play. And Steeler fans, I know that you know this. And I know that you hate to lose him. And I also know that you probably hate that he went to Tennessee, an AFC contender. Because if somehow Pittsburgh squeaks into the playoffs, which I think Ben is just going to have to be better for you guys to make the playoffs, wouldn't it be something if you play Tennessee in the playoffs and Bud Dupree makes like the game-winning sack, comes back from an injury on a new team, gets a nice deal? I I just think it's a win-win for both Bud Dupree and Tennessee. The Chargers. The Chargers as a whole. Specifically one unit. The offensive line. I mean, they went out and they said, hey, look, we need to protect Herbert. So they went out and got Corey Lindsley, really good center, if not arguably the best center in the league. They got Odeyabashi, a right guard, and then they got Matt Filler, a left guard. So you go center, guard, guard. You drafted a tackle two years ago who looks very solid. So now your offensive line is set and Herbert can stand there and pick teams apart because you got it. You got to go up against Mahomes. You got to go up against the defenses that the Vaughn Millers and the Bradley Chubbs twice a year need a solid offensive line. Love those moves. Absolutely love just the offensive line 
that the Chargers are trying to put together right now. Because that's how you win in this league, in the trenches. Fitz magic to Washington. The Washington football team gets Fitz magic. That just rolls off the tongue. I love it. I, I've seen a lot of people saying, what are you doing? He's like 70 years old. You know, he's a gunslinger that turns the ball over a lot. Sure, maybe he gets you a couple touchdowns. No, this fits Washington. Because what is Washington? Washington is Ron Rivera, who just kicked cancer's ass. Washington has probably the best defense in the league, at least the best front four, if not the best front seven in the league. And they're just going to get after you. They're going to grit their teeth and destroy you. And Fitz, Fitzpatrick, he's just that kind of quarterback. All confidence, all class. He steps on the field, and he doesn't. Ma- it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who is on the other side of the ball. He thinks that every throw can be a touchdown. He's just the ultra confidence guy. He's just got confidence just exuding from him. I love the guy, right? And he's got Terry. He's got Terry McLaurin to throw to. He's a good wide receiver. Really good wide receiver. I like this move. It's a filler move because Washington. Doesn't have a good enough pick to grab one of these quarterbacks. You know, I, I thought Sam Darnold might have gone there, but maybe they're looking at it like, look, instead of trying to get something, investment like Sam Darnold, which we'd have to invest at least two years in, why don't we just bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick? We'll see how we do. We'll, we'll try to win the division again. And we'll see what next year looks like. We'll see what the draft looks like. We'll see if maybe we can trade for something. We'll see if one of these quarterbacks comes on the free agent market. Hell, if Russell Wilson doesn't get traded this year, for damn sure he's getting traded next year. This is his last year in Seattle if he's still there. So maybe Washington gets Russell Wilson next year. Can you imagine that? All of a sudden, Russell Wilson's on the Washington football team playing the Cowboys two times a year. You know, prime time. Uh, I would love that. I would, that would be awesome. With that with that defense, add some offensive pieces. But no, I think the Fitz Magic in Washington, I think it works. I think it's going to be just fine. Um, a little, little side note here. Washington is three to one odds right now to win the division. Three to one. I threw I threw uh I threw some money on them to win the division this year. I think it's gonna be them or the Cowboys. I think the Giants might surprise a little bit people if Daniel Jones can actually play, but it's the NFC East. Let's let's be real. I know Dak was hurt last year, but even if Dak even if Dak was healthy the whole year, how many games honestly were the Cowboys gonna win? I don't think they were gonna win much more than they did. So any 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 gamblers out there. I got Washington 3-1 to one odds right now to win the NFC East. Jameis Winston re-signing with the Saints. I just think it makes sense. I think Sean Payton thinks it makes sense. And it's good for Winston. He just he resigned. It's just a one-year deal. So I think they're saying, hey, look, we signed you last year. We wanted you to sit behind Drew Brees. We wanted you to come in, learn the system, learn the culture, learn the guys. Now we're going to give you your shot. I think it's going to be Winston doing majority of the quarterback workload. I can see, you know, I can see them mixing it up a little bit, but I think Jameis Winston is going to be the main guy in New Orleans. I think that's what Sean Payton wants. I really do. I think that's what Sean Payton wants. Taysom Hill is not a is not a whole season answer. I think it's going to be Jameis Winston with some Taysom Hill sprinkled in. Why not sprinkle him in? The dude's great in the red zone, obviously. It, you literally, you take Drew Brees, he's gone now. But now you add a guy in Jameis Winston that actually has a better arm than Drew. He's not as accurate, but he's a better arm. You know, he's more athletic. And then you have Taysom Hill, who's way more athletic and could do different things. And now Sean Payton's probably sitting back like, 
you know, there really isn't nothing as a two quarterback system. They were doing it with Taysom Hill with Drew. They were taking Drew out at the goal at the goal line or in the red zone sometimes and sprinkling in a little Taysom Hill. And that's exactly what's going to happen. I think Taysom Hill will be sprinkled in a little bit more. I think they're going to have packages where both of them are on the field, a wildcat type of thing, but you have someone that can actually throw the football. I love the move. I love it for Winston. I love it for the Saints. You know, everyone thinks the Saints are just, you know, they're not going to be in the playoffs because Drew Brees is gone now. I don't think so. I mean, who else is going to win that division? I guess you got the Buccaneers, but the Saints beat them twice in the in the regular season last year. The Saints could win the division. Their biggest competition is the Bucs. I mean, who, who else you got? Carolina? Come on. Really? No. So, no, I, I think it's a good move. I think it's a solid move. I think Sean Payton's looking at it like, hey, we're going to give you one year. And if you succeed, if this is it, then we're going to load you up on a long-term deal and we're going to try to get this thing going. Okay, so the wide receiver market in this offseason, you know, there really isn't one if you look around. And I've been seeing a lot of people, you know, saying, why aren't more wide receivers going? Why did it take so long for Juju to sign? Why did it take a while for Kenny Galladay to find a place to go? Well, the wide receiver, there is no market right now. Juju signed with the Steelers, one year, $8 million. You know, one year, $8 million for Juju Smith-Schuster. Everyone thought that he was going to go out and he was going to sign a four-year, 60 to $80 million deal. But sources are, he really only had two other teams that were offering him, the Chiefs and the Ravens. And both of them offered more than the Steelers offered him. It was still one year, but I think the Chiefs offered him $9 million with $4 million in incentives. And the Ravens offered him, I think, $9 million with $3 million incentives. The Steelers just offered him one year $8 million. That's it. That's it. So when I was looking at this, Juju Brain, a free agent, and why there wasn't a market for him, my first thought was, why are the Steelers letting him go? The Steelers don't let people go if they really like him and they're a good player. Hell, Antonio Brown was on their team for a decade until that was a disaster. The Steelers re-signed people like that. So that was my first thing is, okay, what's going on? Why are they letting him go? You know, I heard some of the TikToking was, you know, that, that turned some teams off. And I get that. Juju definitely is a little immature, but the guy's a baller. I mean, he's he's easily, if, if he's in the slot, he's easily a top three slot receiver in this league. And he could probably be the best number two receiver in the NFL. But one year, $8 million back with the Steelers. I think Juju looked at his market and he said, you know what? I'm going to bet on myself. I'm going to come back to, to Pittsburgh where I know the system. I know Big Ben. I know Tomlin. And I'm going to put my one year in and I'm going to try to get a big deal next year. But Juju, there's not going to be a market next year either. You want to know why there's no market for these receivers? Because these rookies coming out now, they're killing it immediately. It's because these kids now that are coming out have been playing seven on seven tournaments since they were 10. These wide receivers are coming out. Last year, there was 13 receivers taken in the first two rounds. The most in NFL history. 13 receivers taken in the first two rounds. All of them can play. All of them can ball. So teams are looking around that maybe need a wide receiver, and they go, okay, well, I can get Juju, and I can get Kenny Galladay, but I probably have to pay a decent amount of money to get them, and I don't really need... You know, it's not a major need. Okay, well, why don't I? Why don't why don't I just draft? You know, Kadavius Tooney. 
this year and pay him no money. No money compared to that. What Juju got is what a second round wide receiver is not even going to come close to getting. The second round wide receiver, if you get drafted in the second round, you're making like $4 million. That's 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 it. $4 million. Over the course of like three years, It's it's you're not paying him any money. And the receivers that have come out the past couple of years, they've just been ridiculous. The past two years alone show us that. Now, Kenny Galladay got huge money, but the the Giants are the ones that paid him. He went around to multiple teams before the Giants were like, you know what? We're kind of a joke. We don't think Daniel Jones is very good. Saquon gets hurt every other play. So you know what, Kenny Galladay? We're just going to give you four years, $40 million guaranteed. I think it was like $70 million total. That's an overpay for Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay is a really, really good player. But Kenny Galladay is not Calvin Johnson or Julio Jones. I mean, four years, $72 million, $40, $40 million guaranteed. Now, essentially, if you look at it with just the guaranteed money, he's making $10 million a year. But he's not because they're going to keep him for at least two years. Now, if you keep him for two years, you gave him $40 million guaranteed. That's definitely an overpay. That's $20 million a year for a wide receiver. Wide receivers are valuable, but they're not that valuable. You can go get one in the draft. Let's 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 take a look back at the 2019 NFL draft. Here's some of the wide receivers that were taken. AJ Brown, Hollywood Brown, DK Metcalf, Debo Samuels, Paris Campbell, Miko Hardman, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, Preston Williams. You know how many of those were actually first rounders? Two. All the other ones were second, third, and fourth rounders. Terry McLaurin was a fourth round draft pick. And he's probably the best one on this list. I mean, there's no market for wide receivers. Because the wide because it's it's all spread offenses now in the NFL. In college. And in high school. And these kids are doing seven on seven mini camps. They're doing 100, 200, 300 snaps you know, every couple of days on these freaking, in these mini camps, there's tournaments, seven on seven tournaments. I played in some in high school. Now I wasn't, I wasn't a skill player. I was a center. So I snapped the ball and then just stood there. But I watched some of these happen. These athletes that are coming now, they're ridiculous. That was just a 2019 NFL draft. The 2020 for wide receivers last year was even better. And now the 2021 has a chance to be even better than that. Here's the 2020, last year's NFL draft. Here's just the first rounders. Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, CD Lamb, Jalen Ra- Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson, and Brandon Ayuk. Here's the second rounders. T. Higgins, Michael Pittman Jr., LaVishka Chenault, K.J. Hamler, Chase Claypool, Vance Joseph, Denzel Mims. You can argue that the second rounders had a better season than most of the first rounders. And there was good ones that that, that came in the third round, or la- a third round last year too. I, there's no wide receiver market right now. If you're a free agent wide receiver, good luck. I mean, Kenny Galladay obviously got paid. But it's going to take a team that's that's going to overpay you. It's going to team that's they're desperate and they want to overpay you. The Giants are thinking, well, if we just add a bunch of offensive talent, eh, we should be better, right? Mm, no. These these there's going to be so many teams that are just going to sit and wait to get these wide receivers. Why go out and pay one? Here's a 2021 
NFL Draft. This one coming up. Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, Randall Moore, Kadavius Tooney, Elijah Moore, Tutu Atwell, Amron St. Brown, Seth Williams, Terrence Marshall. These all are guys that are going to go all the way to the fourth or fifth round, and they are all ballers. I, I, I think there's going to be 13 to 15 wide receivers taken in the first two rounds this year. I think that this year has a chance to break last year's record. And I think as a total in three rounds, I think there's going to be 20 wide receivers taken. I would That would not shock me at all if 20 wide receivers were taken in the first three rounds. Why not? You saw it last year with Chase Claypool. Juju was on the Steelers. Juju was the guy. There's no more AB. It's going to be Juju Smith's team. He's going to be the guy that leads this offense. He's going to be the flash. He's going to score the points. Uh, no, he wasn't. He had a good season, but he's the possession guy. Who broke out? Chase Claypool. Oh, yeah. Second round draft pick. Come on. You don't need to overpay these wide receivers anymore. There's no need for it. I would never, ever overpay a wide receiver in the league ever again because this is what it's going to be. The spread and these these talented receivers are only getting better. These offenses in high school are only getting better. Why overpay for a wide receiver? You know the wide receivers that are getting signed and got signed early? Emmanuel Sanders. Veteran. Savvy. Smart. Marvin's Jones Jr., veteran, savvy, smart. You know who didn't get signed for a big deal? Juju. You know who is good and very talented? Juju. You know who's not going to get overpaid? Juju. You know who did get overpaid? Kenny Galladay. But I, I don't think he's going to be on, the, on, on that team for four years. I would be shocked if Kenny Galladay is on that team for four years. And if he is, he's going to restructure that deal. Because I imagine the Giants are probably going to draft another wide receiver. They have Darius Slayton. He came out in 2019. He was a third-round draft pick, and he was their best player on offense when Saquon wasn't wasn't wasn't, uh, wasn't there when he was hurt because he gets hurt every day. There's wide receivers coming out in butt loads. I mean, just back up a bridge truck and give me five at a time because that's what the draft is producing now, and it's what it's going to keep producing. I mean, there's going to have a chance every wide receiver class going forward has a chance to be better than the year before. That's insane. That has never happened. But that is where the league is going towards. These kids want to play wide receiver. Why? Because they're fast. They're athletic. Maybe they don't have the best hands, but they could still catch. And they realize that playing wide receiver right now in the NFL, I mean, it's a win-win because of the rules. It's easier to play wide receiver. Now, the next thing, and I think what's going to happen is some of these high-end receivers, they're going to make the switch over to corner because it doesn't matter how good you are as a wide receiver in the NFL, a corner will always make more money. And at the end of the day, I think some of these kids are going to sit back and look and say, hey, look, I'm just as fast as this guy. I, I can cover like this guy. It, you know, a 6'1 corner, that's what everyone's looking for. So Devontae Smith, who's 6'1", 175, if he was coming out as a corner, now he's still arguably the best wide receiver in this draft. I do think Jalen Waddle and Jamar Chase are both better than him. But he's so he's the third best wide receiver in probably the best wide receiver draft class. But if he came out as a corner, I think that he'd be a top three corner too. Argu he could go number one. You know, there's a couple guys, a couple good corners this year too. This is a deep corner draft as well. Deep wide receiver and deep corner draft. But you can make more money as a corner. And I think some of these guys are gonna start realizing that. And I think that's going to be the next change. But until that happens, these wide receivers are just going to come out. And they're just going to keep coming and coming and coming. And these wide receivers, these free agent wide receivers, they're going to get paid less and less and less. Because 
if I'm a team, why not just sit back and draft a guy in the third round that is more likely going to be able to play? If I already have somebody, now if you have nobody, if you're sitting over there with no wide receivers, then yeah, you got to sign somebody in free agency because you know this guy can play. You don't know really if this rookie can actually play or not. But if you have at least one good wide receiver, I mean, why not? I, I just think that's what the league is going towards. I think that's what these teams are going to start doing. These wide receivers are coming out in bunches. So Juju, I don't know if there's going to be much of a market for you next year. I think whatever rifts you have with the Steelers, you should just make amends and just have the Steelers re-sign you for a long-term deal. Three, four years, you're probably going to have to take less money than you would on free agency market. But don't look over at Kenny Galladay and think just because Kenny Galladay got overpaid that you should have been overpaid. And I like Juju. He's kind of he's kind of banking on himself right now that he's going to go out next year and he's going to cash it in. And he could. And he deserves. He deserves to be paid as one of the highest second wide receivers on a team in the league. He He's not a number one. Juju's not a number one. I think he knows that. He's a possession guy. But these days, I think of these free agents wide receivers really getting overpaid. I think that's gone. I just think general managers are going to look and say, no, I'll get somebody in the draft. No, I'm good. I'm not paying you that much. If you want to take this much, come on. No, you don't You don't want to take a pay cut? Well, good luck somewhere else. I wish you all the best. Because I'm going to draft Kadavius Tooney. Or I'm going to take Amar Rogers in the second round. And he's gonna. He's probably going to be the best rookie in the draft. So I'm okay. I mean, these general managers are getting younger. These player personnels are getting younger. They're starting to think more like that. Analytics are really involved in it. So why pay a wide receiver $80 million, half of it guaranteed for four years, and you're going to have to restructure anyway, and if you don't have the quarterback, then you're wasting money, because if Daniel Jones isn't the quarterback, how is this not wasting money for the Giants, for Kenny Galladay? I like Kenny Galladay, very good player, like I said, but come on, really? You could have got Amron St. Brown, a very good wide receiver out of USC. He's like 6'1", 200 pounds. He's got afterburners. He goes up for the ball. I mean, he gives you... He's literally He's literally Kenny Galladay. Amron St. Brown is literally Kenny Galladay, but cheaper. And so I just think the days of these overpaid wide receivers are over. Now, that's different when you're on your team. Like Michael Thomas. He didn't go to free agency. The Saints just extended his contract. So he got paid. That's still going to happen because these teams are still going to want to keep these wide receivers in-house. But as soon as you get free agency, I, I, I don't think there's any more overpaying because these teams can look and say, I can get 30 wide receivers in the first four rounds. That'll probably produce just as much as you can give me. And they're going to be a fraction of the price that I'm going to have to pay you. So now I can go get that left tackle. Now I can go get that defensive end. Now I can go get that other weapon that I need. I don't have to give you $25 million. I just don't, I just think it's, I think it's done. I think overpaying in free agency for these wide receivers, it's a no more. All right, so it is official. There will be 17 games played now. Starting this year, the 2021 season, there is 17 games played. And my, uh, my the story came out with, uh, uh, a couple weeks ago, how about the AFC was going to host um, the 17th game? And that's true. And then I said on here that I thought, you know, they're probably going to flip-flop, which is also true. So every other year, you know, the AFC is going to host. So this year is going to be the AFC hosting all week 17 games. Well, not week 17 necessarily. It's the 17th. So I guess it's week 18 because no one will have a bye week 18. 
So week 18, the 17th game for everybody, the AFC will host, and then it'll just flip-flop every year back to the NFC. The new TV deal has also hit $113 billion. That's with a B, ladies and gentlemen. Billion dollars. It's an 11-year TV deal. These teams in the NFL just made a lot of cash. Uh, I saw a thing that right now, um, it's about $10 million that these teams get for a Sunday night football game. It's going to go up to about $15, $15 million now for a Sunday night football game. A lot of things are changing. This new TV deal and the 17-game system. So I think the 17 games, I think this year we're going to have three preseason games. The NFL is infatuated with the number 20. If you go and look back when they were only playing 14 regular season games, they had six preseason games. And then we bumped it up to 16 and had four preseason games. Now we're at 17 regular season games. I think we're going to have three preseason games, but it's a COVID. It's, it's the year after COVID. Don't really know what's going to happen yet. But the NFL, from everything that I'm seeing, I think, and I really do believe this, that they're going to try to get to 18. I think 18 games is what they're going to get to. I don't think it'll go up after that. So I think it's going to be 17 regular season games with three preseason games. I think they're going to go up to 18 sooner than people think. I think it's only going to be five years. I think within five years, we will be playing 18 regular season games. And I think there'll be two buys. 18 regular season games, two buys, two preseason games. A total of 20 games. And that's going to be wild. It's going to be nuts. It's going to change the, the entire layout of the NFL. It's going to change the history of the NFL. It's, it's exciting if you are like me and a degenerate gambler who sits and watches the red zone every Sunday. I love that. So you're telling me I get another, another week to watch football? I'm all aboard. And if you tell me it goes up to 18 and now I get another one after, oh, please, I'll take as much football as they're willing to give me. But there is a limit because this is a contact sport. Okay, this isn't basketball. This isn't baseball. Okay, you can't play 200 games a season. It's impossible. But the new TV deal is going to go hand in hand with now the 17-game schedule. So the new TV deal starts, I think it starts in 2023, um, and it's $113 billion. And in 2023, Amazon will be the, and I just, I read this before I started recording, Amazon will have the exclusive streaming rights to Thursday Night Football. You will only be able to watch Thursday Night Football on Amazon unless you live uh, in in where the TV's where where they're hosting the game. So if it was last year, they did that. It was the Cardinals and Niners game. If you lived in Arizona or if you lived in San Francisco, you could watch the game on Fox. If you did not live there, you could not watch the game unless you were watching it on Amazon. So now Amazon, starting 2023, will have exclusive Thursday night football rights. And I saw something that um, ESPN Plus will now host uh, one game a year exclusively on ESPN Plus. But I think that's I think it's one of the international games. So it's going to start at like six o'clock in the morning, you know, for like West Coast time. So I think they did that. So one, they get more money. ESPN looks like they're actually doing something because, you know, Monday night football sucks. They need to get some people in there. Um, you know, Lewis Riddick does a good job, though. But he's going to be a general manager next year. I think there's going to be an open spot, and Lewis is going to go be a general manager somewhere. He's a smart guy. So this is going to change a lot of things. I mean, I saw there's going to be more double headers Starting the 2023 season, there's going to be three weeks with um, mon- uh, Monday night double headers. So, I mean, that's three weeks out of the year where we get to watch two games on Monday night. That's pretty nice. It does take a, it does take a game away on Sunday, but you know Monday night headers, 
double headers are I think that's a good thing. And I also saw that Monday night games will now allow to be flexed in and out. So if you are a Cincinnati Bengals fan and all of a sudden your team is great, it's really good, and now you're playing, I don't know, let's say the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it's going to be Burrow against Brady, and everybody wants to put that up, and people are looking to see that. Well, the the 49er and Rams game that's on Monday night could have an opportunity to be flexed out and be put on Sunday, and then now that Bengals-Buccaneers game will now be put on Monday because the NFL wants the best games in primetime, and that's why the Thursday night games have been better. You remember like three years ago, hell, two years ago, it was hard to watch Thursday night football. It was like Jacksonville against Tennessee or the Browns against some trash. T- it was just not good. You know, they were not very entertaining. But now, I mean, the last last year and all the Thursday night games were pretty good. Hell, some of the Thursday night games were the games of the week. So I, they're going to put the primetime games in the primetime spots. What they think is going to get the most ratings. Because at the end of the day, This is a business. The NFL is running a business. They need to make money. These teams want to make money. But do you realize the price jump that the Bengals would get if they got flexed into a Monday night game? The price jump. So let's say they're playing an an early game in in Cincinnati, right? They're playing Buccaneers in Cincinnati, 11 a.m. start time. And then, you know, the NFL is like, you know what? No, we're going to flex you into that Monday night game. So now you get a Monday night game in Cincinnati with Tom Brady and the and let's say the defending Super Bowl champions. Let's say this is next year. It, it can't happen next year because it's not going to do that next year. It starts twenty twenty three. But let's just let's just say for instance, the bucket the, the Bengals will go from making you know a couple million dollars to making tens of millions of dollars just being flexed in. And the NFL probably makes more money because maybe more people want to watch that game. So now you have all of Ohio watching this game and all those regions, the Bengals fans, people probably like Joe Burrow. Hell, I love Joe Burrow. So it's going to be interesting going forward with the 17 games, this new TV deal. I saw ABC is, is going to host the Super Bowl in like 2025. It's going to be the first Super Bowl they host since 2005. That's exciting. That's good stuff. So a lot of, a lot of changes are coming. NFL's just making more money. I mean, they're just making more money. People thought that COVID was going to hurt them. Yeah, God, the NFL's not going to make money. Shut the season down. They're not making any money. There's no fans. There's no nothing. Shut the fuck up. They're making more money than you would ever imagine. They're making billions of dollars, clearly, because they just signed an 11-year, $113 billion TV deal. These teams are making massive amounts of money. I mean, each year, you do realize that the TV deal for these teams pays for the, the salary cap each year. I mean, the salary cap this year is $192.5 million. Each team gets like $200, almost $250, $250 million for their TV deals. So it pays for the, it pays for, it pays for all the players alone. And then you have and some, and then it pays for all the coaching staff. And then you have and some, you have so much more extra money that you just put in your stadium or you market or you do whatever. These NFL teams are not, not making money. Come on. Anybody that thinks that, let, let's get real here. They make more money than anybody else. They make way more money than any other major league sport. I mean, you think baseball or basketball even has a a sliver, a sliver of a chance of making as much money as the NFL does? Because they don't. Because they don't. A Sunday night football game, one, I saw less, the Sunday night football game got more ratings than entire NBA playoff series last year. 
One game got more ratings than an entire series put together. That's pathetic. But NFL is, I mean, they are king. They are king in this country. They run everything. And now they're going to be running a lot more with these TV deals. I'm so excited for an extra game. I mean, I'm so excited for an extra day of Red Zone. That is just, whew, for a degenerate gambler like myself who loves the live bet, which live betting is the thing, folks. I mean, put your bets before the game and then live bet, you know, quadruple your winnings. I love it. Love it. All right, I think uh, I think that'll do it for the night. I hope you guys have a really good rest of your week. Uh, more free agency coming. Hey, watch a little March Madness. I guess there's some games on tonight, which if you're listening to this on Tuesday, there's that's not Tuesday night, that's Monday night. But hey, we got Sweet 16 next week. You know, Loyola Chicago's in the Sweet 16. Let's go. A lot of underdogs. Pac-12 hasn't lost a game yet. Very exciting. So, hey, you know, do a little gambling. We got the Masters coming up. You, got, you can gamble on the on March Madness. So you guys just enjoy your week. We'll see if any more crazy free agentness happens. And I will talk to you guys on Friday. See ya.